You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. Look, I I know that tackling the concept of honesty is a big topic. And I don't want to sound highfalutin or superior, holier than thou in talking about honesty. Because I don't think anyone has a corner on that market. Honesty is something all of us grapple with day in and day out. Some of us are more honest than others. And that's what I wanted to talk about is the parameters of honesty, the extremes, and how to navigate through the minefield (laughs) that is honesty. But I didn't want to come off in preaching. I I don't want to come off as preaching or um, implying that I have any sort of special wisdom on the topic. I just think it's something we should all be talking about and thinking about. And oftentimes, those are the podcasts I decide to make a podcast about. I pick a subject matter that I think it's good to bat the thoughts around in your brain. So I do it for you. And if you listen, hopefully it stirs up some thoughts of your own. And that's the point of my podcast. And I think it's a, I think it's a worthy function. Um, but what I've noticed is some people, people think that if you're making a podcast, it's about your ego. They think if you're making a podcast, it's about you, um, winning or being right or being heard. And, um, that's fine. I let those people think that let other people make podcasts for that reason. Um, I, I would love to make an entertaining podcast where I just make people laugh (laughs) and laugh and, um, you know, sing and dance, and I could interview famous people and do wonderful things. Uh, that would be great. That would be great. But unfortunately, I don't know any famous people. Uh, they're not my friends. I don't travel in those circles. Um, so what I decided to do instead was make a podcast where people talk about thoughts, and we share thoughts here, and we share ideas, and we share some of them that are controversial, but the idea in the end is to make ideas beget more ideas and to awaken some people perhaps to parts of themselves that they weren't aware of fully. That's the point. That's all. And I think really, honestly, talking things through uh, and even listening to someone else talk something through is healthy. I think it's healthy for self-esteem, self-awareness, for... uh, mental clarity, um, tranquility, a sense of peace. When you've worked out issues that are frustrating you, you can get to a place of feeling more content. And some people do it in different, lots of people do it in different ways. I I found this this woman singer-songwriter who is... uh, on Twitter, but she's also been in the regular world, obviously, as most people on Twitter are. Her name is Courtney J. She's 42. She's been in the musical recording business for about 20 years now, but she actually was born in Pittsburgh. And then in her teenage years in high school, she moved to Georgia and has lived in Hawaii and Nashville and so on. So she hasn't been in Pittsburgh in quite a long time, 
but those are her, where her roots are. And if you see her, she has a very pretty singing voice, and she writes all of these funny little songs just tearing Donald Trump apart and tearing apart his administration, tearing apart Fox News and Kanye West, etc. And I just thought they were very funny. She uses profanity and sings very sweetly in these little sort of folk song style, uh, just her and her acoustic guitar. And at the end of each song, she'll pause and blow out like sigh and roll her eyes and make a face and and you and it's her way of saying i'm singing real sweet with a pretty voice and singing these swear words and singing this but at the end i'm so frustrated i'm so angry and if you scroll back she only started doing this uh really in june so it's just she just got fed up you know and um she's using her music as a means of taking out her anger and her frustration and um and she's being very blunt and very honest in her opinions. But because she's singing them all sweetly with a nice voice to a nice little melody, it's just, and she doesn't make angry faces while she's singing it. She's not like, she's trying, she's mostly staying pretty, pretty basic in her facial expressions, pretty non-expressive um, as she sings. So it's just, I think it's very funny and it comes off as, as, a, as sort of like, a combination of two worlds. One of just a, a happy, sweet song being sung and another where someone's just tearing someone a new asshole, you know, and she combines the two concepts together. And it's the honesty of the words combined with the otherwise sort of placated nature of the numbing sing-song style that makes it work so well. And it had me uh, realizing that we, some of us, take out our anger and work through things in different ways and singing and writing lyrics is her way. And, um, I think that podcast listening and podcast creating can be a way that people can share thoughts and get them off your chest and help people think through things. It's, it's a way of sharing. Um, it's a way of sharing clarity and working through things. And so she's doing it with songs that I enjoy, that I relate to. I'm doing it with podcasts. Hopefully, you enjoy and you relate to, and that's the point. But wrapped up in that same concept is the question of honesty. And the thing that makes her songs enjoyable to me is the honesty behind the words. Like the chorus on one of the songs is, Fox News is the devil. <laughs> I like that chorus. Makes sense to me. And in another chorus is, He doesn't care if you die, So boogie on down to the rally tonight. <laughs> All the people go into the rally, to rally at the Trump rally with no masks on. Crammed together, trying to hear what this idiot's saying. That's what she sings. <laughs> so, I mean, I just like, I just like those lyrics. He doesn't care if you die. So let's boogie on down to the the um, rally tonight. I always want to say riot. I don't know why, but well, but what I think about honesty is it it adds. Uh, it can really, depending upon how you spice it and slice it and and spread sprinkle it around, it can really add some beauty to what you share with people. Um, if you don't sprinkle enough of it, it can be a real problem. And that's what we're seeing in this presidency, this administration, you know, just an inability to deal with the truth, an unwillingness to be honest. 
And those sorts of people are, no other way of putting it, they're crippled. They're crippled, and if they're in charge, if they have authority, they can be crippling. And look, it, it doesn't take a dastardly Donald Trump uh, type of dishonesty uh, to cripple an organization as a leader or a family as a head um, or a person just individually. You can be dishonest with yourself to the extent that you avoid thinking about or dealing with issues that you – problems you have, weaknesses that you know that you have. Um, for example, you know, if you have, as I do, a tendency to uh, react to a stimuli very intensely at first, uh, and that's with joy as well as anger, as well as uh, tears, anything you could imagine uh, as a reaction – but you deny that or hide from it or don't deal with that reality and you just allow yourself to be that reactive person, well, you're going you're gonna to take some lumps because uh, most people aren't that way and they don't like people that are overly reactive. They, they'll slam you. Uh, they think it's a sign of being a drama queen or you're looking for attention. They don't recognize that some people are just different and they're more sensitive and they're more reactive. So you have to be uh, aware of the fact that you're one of those people. Whether it's a strength or a weakness is, is not the point. If you're a person who's sensitive and reacts strongly to things uh, initially, whether it be with rage or, or laughter or any, or any kind of any emotion, um, and, you, and, you're, and you allow yourself to do so in front of friends, family, the public, online, whatever, your boss, um, you know, you have to recognize that other people are going to be stunned by that that type of reaction. Some are going to be appalled by it at a given moment, shocked by it, and others are going to be offended by it. Uh, they could be offended by your tears to, to something. <laughs> people will shock you and amaze you at, at what offends them. Uh, a loud laugh. If you're a, if you just react with strong laughter and joy to things, and you happen to have a, a very loud laugh, you could irritate and offend people. Even though you're happy and you're feeling happiness, you need to be aware of the fact that you're a loud laugher and you're in a public place, and maybe other people don't want to hear how happy you are. Maybe they'd rather you sort of keep it to yourself, or at least keep it down a little bit. And certainly with anger, if you react with anger to anything, if you're a person that swears when you get angry, you may be offending people who don't believe in swearing. Or you may, which I, that, that's a stickler for me, people that, that are still holding on to that I'm offended by curse words kind of mentality. I mean, I understand that if parents that, you know, don't want it under their roof, that kind of thinking. I suppose everybody is entitled to the sanctity of their own home. And so if you'd prefer people not swear in your home for some reason, you know, I think we can respect that kind of thinking because everybody's entitled to have rules that are set under their roof that they pay for and they shouldn't just let their guests come in and do what they want in their home. I, I can understand that way of thinking. But other than that, 
if we're outside outdoors under someone else's roof uh, under a common roof like a restaurant or anywhere else uh, I, I don't think anyone has a right to restrict someone else's honest reaction to things and if it happens to be to use curse words so be it but what I'm saying so I I, I don't I don't personally uh, I'm I'm not a fan of those who try to restrict people's speech with respect to using curse words Let's put it bluntly but having said that again it, you have to realize if you're a type of person that reacts honestly and strongly to things and so something makes you angry and it might make you swear and you're in the presence of someone that you know is going to say something and try to restrict you every time you swear because they just want to do that. They don't like hearing it and they won't just swallow it and allow it. They must counteract it every single time they hear a curse word then you know that, you know that, and you're the one that's starting that ball rolling. So you have to be aware of yourself. And if you aren't, like I said, you're going to take your lumps. And so if you swear in anger around someone who doesn't like swearing, and you know that, but you don't control yourself, and you let yourself react to something that makes you angry, and you swear, and you know that person's going to slam you for it, because they always do, then when they slam you for it, you can't react emotionally then to that the same way you did that made you swear because you knew it was coming. Otherwise, it's just going to start a snowball effect. You see, so this is an example of honesty with yourself, about yourself. And then what do you do with that? Do you curtail yourself? You know, or do you try to hang around people who allow people to be honest in their reactions? Um. If you look at, so what I'm saying is if you look at something like Donald Trump or people in the administration of Donald Trump, where dishonesty is the way of the day, you would say, we all need to be honest. We need more truth. We need more people up front. But then you go on Twitter and you see a lot of these responses from people. If you look down any random thread on Twitter, and it doesn't even have to be something controversial, you'd assume like a post about the virus, something that happened with the virus, you'd just think, oh, well, that's informative. And then you go and read underneath it. Well, no, apparently not. Apparently just a, a factoid about something that happened with respect to the virus is, is, is offensive to people who don't believe in it. And they have to tell you how it didn't really happen. And it's the government trying to control us all. And they're lying and, and or it's the liberals and the Democrats trying to terrorize people just to win an election and all this crap. And you find that under a post that otherwise just sounded like it really was meant to be just a basic piece of information about the pandemic that's going on. But what you'll see is too much honesty on Twitter, if you look. You'll see people just just exploding with, with, with anger and rage and paranoia on each other. Uh, guttural honesty, like without control. No censorship. Um, and a lot of things you'll see that aren't even angry or guttural, but let's say you just want to make a remark to someone's post, someone famous, and they post something, or it's a news person, and you just want to throw your two cents into the pot. So you speak up and you say something that maybe disagrees with the post or whatever. And someone you don't know, some stranger has to jump in and disagree with you. And... If you really step back and think of it, it's like, what's that all about? Because 
uh, if you didn't say something inflammatory or angry and you just had a counterpoint, uh, why would somebody need to step in to a stranger and start a debate with some stranger on a counterpoint? Especially if you just disagree with the original poster. If the original poster is someone famous, someone intelligent, let them disagree with you. If you post a counterpoint, I mean, if you post in disagreement to an original famous poster, let that original famous poster disagree with you. If they want to have a debate with you, you've engaged them. They've made a statement. You've disagreed with them. Let them engage you. But no, you get piled on from their followers and they step in and want to have an engage uh, you in a debate. Well, that's not what you were asking for. You weren't talking to them. You were talking to their famous person. And by, by the way, you were knowing they weren't going to respond. So you were really just not talking at all other than just letting your two cents be put in the pot. But no, people can't allow that. <clears throat> they can't allow someone to s- express a different thought that's original that maybe disagrees with the original poster. So they have to start an argument about it. <clears throat> they want to debate it. Now, it's not violent. It's not angry. It could be a reasonable counterpoint that they interject. But the very fact that they're taking on a stranger just because they had the temerity to actually post something in disagreement with superstar godlike creature, whoever it might be, could set you off if you're a sensitive person, as I am. It could make you think people are such idiots. Why do they need to do this? You know, everybody here is stroking each other. Everybody here is in a group masturbation for this wonderful post by this all-knowing soothsayer. So fine, you can all be a sheep and follow that lead. Fine, let me have my two cents. I didn't say anything inflammatory or angry. I didn't say something with a paranoid theory. I just expressed a counter perspective. Let me do that without having to say, wait a minute, no, we're all walking in this direction, pal. You must walk in this direction and here's why you're wrong, you know. Why? Why do that? Just let somebody walk in the other direction with their thought. It's not meant to be inflammatory. It wasn't, it's not, it's not a thought meant to be an argument. It's just a disagreement, a different thought. Let them express it. And if you want to engage in a conversation with this stranger, agree with them. Talk, let's say, I couldn't agree more. Have Have it be a pleasant conversation. Because nobody else is going to agree with them. Because they're underneath a famous star who just said, a is B. And this person said, you know what? I, I think I disagree with that. I think A is A. And if you're one of the A is B people, why are you jumping in going, well, it's actually, of course, that A is B. Because A is B and A is B and A is B. You know, what's that person that said, no, A is A going to say? They're going to say, oh, okay. Well, as I said, A is A up above. It. And thanks, though, for jumping on me and trying to start a debate with me in the middle of a thread where everyone agrees with you. Thank you for still yet again trying to silence just a, just a, a minority report. <laughs> a minority opinion comes out and you must silence it. You must disagree with it and squash it because we are underneath the post of godlike creature. You know, and I just feel like, no, I think... If you're going to step in when someone says, um, A is A, or even if someone says A is B, look, godlike creature says A is A, which is a common, yeah, who cares? And everyone goes, I agree, A is A, you're so wonderful, A is A, yes, yes, thank you for saying A is A. And then you, which would be me or any any of us, maybe post a post that says, but what what if A is B? Something like that. Now, who's the jagoff that's got to respond? Ha, 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 A is never B. A is always A to that person. 
Who's going to do that? Why, why, in fact, when the person says, but what if A is B? Well, why wouldn't the only people that would respond to that stranger be other people who were thinking that? And why aren't they, those people going to say, hey, shh, don't tell anyone, but I kind of agree with you. I kind of sometimes think A might be B. And someone else might put a like on that. And all of a sudden you get a few likes that A might be B. Well, we can't have that. Oh, no. No, sir. A stranger or 20 must jump in and say, you buffoons, you buffoonery buffoons. This thread is about A being A and A is always A and A is a robot marching down with Stepford Wives. La, 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 la. The world is full of uh, people who want to constantly reaffirm benign, benign rather, benign, inane, benign, simpleton theories. That's what we have mostly in this earth is people that like to speak and then reassert. And if you want to step in there just to suggest something else, you will be lambasted. But my point is not about whether or not you should do it. My point is like, where's honesty in this? Is it honest, just honest for someone to step in and disagree with you because you said the opposite? Not really because they're underneath the threat of somebody who already said that all-knowing soothsayer truth and that person happens to be a famous celebrity. So of course they have a all the power and all the backing of everyone else. <clears throat> so, of course, their stupid statement and disagreement with you is going to be the one that everyone else agrees with. Who cares? So, no, I, I don't think that's being honest uh, when people want to just fuck with someone else who had the temerity to disagree. I think that's being cuntish. I just do. And I think it's not okay. And I think there's a level of honesty that is nasty even when it's not being mean. That's my point. And if you look on Twitter, for example, you'll see a lot of that. You'll see people uh, being overly honest with their crazy thoughts and nastiness and cruelty and meanness. But you'll also see people just being honest, just disagreeing innocently, not in a mean way, but... The very fact that they're opening their mouths in that situation shows they are being mean. And I'll tell you another example on Twitter where this is the case. When people retweet everyone to talk to each other. Okay, everybody understands how Twitter is supposed to work. You're supposed to, if you want to have a communication with someone about something they've said, you talk under their post. You leave a comment to their post and they can respond back to you with a comment to your comment. And that's called a dialogue and a discussion that's based upon your comment, which you made to their original idea. That's how it's supposed to go. But what people do is they retweet it and they leave a comment above it. And what's that designed to do? Well, they're talking to their friends. They're talking to the people who follow them. They've just lifted your thought and exposed it to their people. And they sometimes might be doing that when they agree with you and they agree with you so much <clears throat> that they don't just want to talk back to you but they want to share your thought in agreement but most of the time when they do that they just retweet it they just retweet it they just repeat it in their th their own timeline they don't say anything if they just agree it with it they, they just repost it let it speak for itself and when someone reposts what you've said, most of the time, you can tell they agree with you and they're sharing it. And that's, that's a compliment. 
But when they retweet it and comment above it, especially if it's in a way that disagrees, well, that's a cunt move, really, because if they want to disagree with you, they should leave a comment under your post and have a debate with you in your thread that you've started. But when they lift it and put it in front of their people and disagree with it, they're basically dragging you out into the center of an arena and saying thumbs up, thumbs down to their, their mob, who you don't know from Adam. You don't know their friends. You don't know who's following them. You don't want to talk to those people. You posted it to your followers. You posted it to your crowd. You posted it to the people who know you, who've chosen to follow you. So presumably they like your train of thought or at least find it entertaining or interesting. That's where you posted it. They drag it out. They don't just repost it to their people because they share it or agree with it. They repost it and make a comment above it, which is also a power move. But the way they do retweets on Twitter, the comment goes above the reposting. So it's like, I'm on top, you know. And then they make a comment about the post they just retweeted that is critical or derogatory, you know. And or, or, you know, not always critical necessarily, but I mean, it isn't just supportive. And you don't know what their motivation is. Are they agreeing with it or, did they, or do they think <clears throat> it's such a ridiculous remark that they want to shame the person by sharing it to their friends and to their supporters? And especially if they have a lot of them, especially if it's a famous person. They do this a lot, famous people, and it's despicable. You know, they, may, they might have like 200,000 followers and you leave a comment and if they disagree with it or whatever, why don't they engage with you? But instead, they lift your comment and retweet it on their entire profile and comment above it in some derogatory way. And of course, then you get stoned to death by all their followers who, of course, follow their every move and believe in everything they think and say. And you have the temerity to disagree with them under their threat. And so they're going to drag you out into the center of the arena and have you stoned to death by their followers. Is that honesty? I mean, just because they felt that way, just because you obviously ruffled their feathers enough that you pissed them off enough that, 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 that they felt they needed to degrade you that way. Is that okay? Is that being honest? Hey, I'm just being honest. Or is that being cuntish? Are you being mean to do that to another person? Are you being a prick? Maybe that person who left the comment that you drug out in the middle of the arena by retweeting it, maybe that person was just being honest. Maybe they were just expressing their two cents and had, the, had a little bit of courage to disagree with you. Is that so awful? Do they really deserve to be stoned? Now, sometimes... People get dragged out and retweeted like that, and they, they aren't just being honest. They, they, they're, they're being morons, and they're saying awful things, and they, they vomit up some horrible retort to, to a famous person or someone who has a lot of followers that's really disgraceful. And that famous person drags them out, and they deserve it. <laughs> Sometimes that kind of public shaming and ridicule is warranted. When you have these people that are, they, they themselves aren't just being honest, they're being psychotic or nasty or mean or cruel or prickish. Um, but a lot of times that's not the case. A lot of times that's just, it's a power trip and it's the way people deal with the, uh, somebody's post that they, that they, for whatever reason, want to use as a, as a springboard 
to arguing their point, which is different than the original post. And they drag the original post out into their f- group of friends and people so that they can sort of use it to argue against it or to argue for something different from what was said. And I think that's, you know, I think honestly you should ask permission. What happens to the rules of ethics? In real life you would say, would I, do I have your permission to take what you wrote and share it with some people? Um, it wasn't, you know, but, it's, but instead they think like, well, you published it publicly on Twitter, so it's public, so everybody's allowed to just spread it around. But the reality is, yeah, but some of us only have like 50 followers on Twitter or 100 or So we know that when we publish something, it's not really being published to the whole world. Sure, it's Googleable and it's out there, but we don't expect many people to see it. And maybe if we thought we were publishing to a million people, we'd say something a little differently. And is that okay? I think it is. And that's the point of this podcast more than anything. It's like honesty isn't just being honest. It's how we shape it and to who and knowing your audience and knowing when to be careful, knowing yourself, how to restrict yourself, knowing your weaknesses. Honesty is a complicated subject. You can simplify it by saying Trump doesn't tell the truth and he therefore is wrong. And yes, that's true. But you can't go to the other extreme and say honesty is just never say a word unless you mean it and can live by it forever if it was shared with the world. Well, that's not true either because no one would be honest then. Think about it. If every comment everyone had to everyone made had to be first vetted by you know public opinion uh, and that public being the entire world how much would ever get said how much truth would ever really be shared literally if we had to worry every time we spoke that everyone was going to see it how many people of us would have the courage to say something that was even slightly controversial I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't we all just be talking happy horseshit all the time then? Because, you know, how many of us can really withstand the slings and arrows of the abuse that comes on you when you say something slightly controversial when everyone and their mother is going to see it? Now, here's the point, and it's, I've made this before in prior podcasts. If you already have ascended to a position of power or authority, you can get away with a lot more ugly truths being published to the world. Because you already have a lot of people believing in you or they believe in your power and you have a pedestal from which to speak and people will listen. So they're less less likely to bash you. When you're Joe Blow and you have no power and yet you speak truths, everybody and their mother's going to rip you 50 new buttholes. And they just are because you have no standing to be different, to be, you know, controversial. So, again, if you're Joe Blow on Twitter, you know, a couple hundred followers, and you're saying some controversial things, it's not fair to you to drag your comments out and post them in front of a million followers. Because, no, you probably wouldn't have said the same thing if you knew that was going to happen, especially not since you're not a person with any standing or power from which to say that. So you, you're smart enough to know that only if I was a powerful movie star or politician could I get away with saying this in front of a million people. I'm talking to 200 people, so I can get away with saying this thing. And I want to say it, and it is the truth. 
But if you're going to take me, Joe Blow, and throw my truth out in front of a million people, well, I'm going to change that truth. I'm going to shift it. I'm going to, I'm going to soften it, or I may not say it at all. Because I know I don't have the standing or power to get away with saying that. You take the same guy, Joe Blow, you turn him into Joe King, and then, then he can say that same comment of truth, maybe, and get away with it. Depending on who all the people are that follow him and, who, and how he wants to handle his fame and power. You know, he's, he's obviously reached that position by behaving a certain way. Perhaps he's not Mr. Tell the Truth. Like, look at Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is not a controversial character. If you follow his Twitter or anything he does, you know, people love him and he is what he is. And that has nothing to do with a man who speaks the truth and comes forth with harsh truths. And you can go to for wisdom about the state of political affairs and, you know, social upheavals. And he's not like that at all. He's very wishy-washy. And I've seen him interviewed in a group of actors roundtables multiple times. And he's he keeps silent whenever they start talking about meaty issues. He doesn't have strong opinions on anything. And when he does, it kind of makes you wonder the guy's a little might be a little conservative. Now, he has come out recently being someone who had the virus and has said, if you don't wash your hands, wear a mask and socially distance, I have no respect for you. So he did finally, finally speak up. But it took him a long time. He, as you may recall, was one of the first people of any note to get the virus. And yet he didn't say anything about masks or any of this for months and it took it becoming a controversy and staying a controversy for for at least two months before Tom Hanks finally spoke up. But my point is, if you're Tom Hanks, you might have millions of followers, but you're not going to post that controversial truth because that's not what got you all those followers. Or someone else might have a million followers and be Michael Moore, who made his living on being radical, wacky, you know, shaking the tree and standing up against the man. So, of course, you expect that person to portray their version of truth and honesty and frankness almost all the time when you look at their Twitter or listen to them on television or would listen to any podcast they would give. So honesty is not that it it's something that's variable, but that it's intelligent. You need to apply it intelligently. And everybody's circumstances vary. And what works for them and, and to who they share it is their choice. And they shouldn't be, have that, they shouldn't have that choice taken away from them. And I think that just because someone's posting publicly on Twitter, I mean, Facebook, you have to be friends of friends. And if you want to, you can protect the privacy of your post. That is to say, only to your friends. On Twitter, you can, you can, put, you can say only to my followers, too. But it's different in that uh, you can do friends of friends on Facebook. Which is to say, outsiders who aren't following you can learn to like you and maybe become your friend. Because they see something you've posted through the post of one of your friends. There's no such thing on Twitter. Twitter, if you shut down, only your followers see you. So that if someone wants to retweet what you've said, no one's seeing it if you're private. It can't be retweeted. Nobody can see it unless they're following you. So it's all or nothing. So if you don't have many followers on Twitter and you go private, you've only got your... The only people that can potentially 
see what you've posted are those that are following you. So you know you've really significantly limited your audience if you don't have a ton of followers. So maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you want to be, you want to talk only to your followers, but you want to be discoverable. You'd like to find new followers, people that might stumble upon something you've said and, and be interested in it. So you want to leave the door open to growing a couple more listeners here and there. And also, if someone doesn't follow you back on Twitter and you've gone private, they can't see your comments. So you might be following a famous star. Of course, they don't follow you back. They say something and you'd like to leave a comment there. Well, there's no point because they can't see it and neither can anyone else who follows them who doesn't follow you. The only people that we even know that comment exists are the people that follow you. So it's very limiting. You know, there should be some button on there where you can express your thoughts and opinions only to your followers. But then when you want to leave a comment somewhere else, that can be seen too. When you want to step out to a bigger audience, you get to. And then you get to go back and, and those posts don't change. In other words, comments that you leave on other people's profiles remain visible forever, even when you're hidden to, your, to only your followers otherwise. That's the way it should work. People should be able to vary their audience and their sharing of truth as their moods change, as their desires change, and so on. They should be able to change who they share themselves with. It shouldn't be an all or nothing. And even if it is, okay, I'm all, and I'm open, and I'm public, and I'm posting, and I only have 200 followers or whatever, then, you know, you should be allowed to say, most of the time I expect nobody's hearing me except my followers. It would be nice if sometimes they are. And, and, and you shouldn't have to be, well, this time you're going to be dragged in front of a million people and disgraced for that comment, that, that thought you had that was not intended to be anything other than your own original thought that you wanted to share to a few people. But now we're going to embarrass you and degrade you for it. All we're doing with that is bullying people into silence. Let people limit their own honesty to the audiences they choose to speak to. Let people control how much they share of their arm. When I was a kid, my dad was working with this Spanish man. I think he was from Spain. It was either Spain or Mexico. Uh, he had come to his plant and was working with him on some business deal. And my dad had him to dinner with our family. And he was an interesting gent. And one of the things he said at the dinner table was, you know, some people he shows different things to than others and he used his arm as a measuring post and he took his right hand as a like sort of a chopping motion and he went up his arm he says some people i show up to here and he went about a third of the way up his arm and he said and others only a few do i show all the way up to here so his analogy his metaphor was how much of your arm do you show to people and he has a right to decide who gets to see more of his arm and who doesn't and that's what I think honesty is about. Knowing your arm, <laughs> knowing how much you're showing, knowing your audience, trusting who you trust, and showing what you decide to show. And you can't say it's all or nothing. Twitter makes it like take your shirt off or wear a long sleeve shirt. That's not the way life works. Some of us roll the sleeve up a little bit. Some of us take it off only for one person, then we put it back on, long sleeve with gloves for other people. The circumstances change. The people we want to be honest with vary. 
And the degree to which we're honest varies given the audience. And that's just the reality of life. And it's smart to be that way. So let's not pretend otherwise. Let's not pretend that just because you say something on social media, everybody must hear it or you shouldn't have said it. When you hit send, you should expect that the entire world's going to read that or you're an idiot. No, I, I don't agree. I don't think that that's fair. I don't think, well, then you should only send it privately to two people. I don't think that's fair. I think you should be able to speak what you choose to speak carefully to the group that you expect to see it. And that if things blow up later, you know, people should consider that. In other words, when someone's post that was made to a small audience or emails, here's a perfect example. When someone's emails get hacked and they get revealed, everybody responds to them as if they were writing some public statement. And nobody considers the surroundings and the fact that they were speaking in private. And then... If they do and they think, yeah, well, of course, they're talking on one side of their face in private and public, they're putting on a different show. Yeah. So you do that. We all do that. I mean, if someone's caught using a a racial slur in a private discussion, oh, oh, that's it. They're a racist. They must use that all the time because none of us have ever used it and not been racist well, I've never, I've never used the N-word. I've never said anything about a woman derogatory ever in my life. Well, good for you. But I'm here to say there's a number of people who have, and they're not proud of it in those moments, but they've done it, and it's not who they are. And just because you got them on tape or in some private email that you hacked into doing it one time, that doesn't define who they are. They did it in a private setting, And they probably regretted it even in the private setting. And now the entire world is going to see it. So I think there's too much of a level of making people pay for things they say and think as if anytime you write it down or say it in a recorded fashion, you should expect that everyone's going to see it. Well, good luck with ever having honesty in the world then. Because what that's going to do, that kind of thinking is have a tremendous chilling effect on people being able to say what they feel and think. You're going to eradicate honesty. You're going to drive into hiding people's true feelings because everyone's going to be terrified that one day someone will hack into their email or have a private conversation and turn it into their boss or turn it into their best friend or one of their children or one of their or their wives or is going to find something they said that out of context, especially, and in a private setting is going to read horribly. It's going to sound like you're the worst person in the world out of context and in a private setting where you weren't expecting it to be exposed. Exposed, it's going to look monstrous. You're going to look terrible and it's going to ruin you. And guess what you'll never do anymore? Share anything honestly in a private context or otherwise with anyone. And you could say, well, that's good. We want to stop people from saying bad things. Well, I'm talking about things that are said that aren't necessarily bad too, but that look bad when they're shared with people that weren't meant to hear them. Do you get it? There are a lot of truths that should be said, that should be thought, but not shared with everybody. Like if two parents are having an email conversation, 
laughing about the lie that is Santa Claus, and someone hacks into that and shares it with their four children, all of whom are under the age of eight, the children are going to be very hurt at the way their parents were laughing and mocking the whole concept of Santa Claus all the while they were telling the kids, Santa's real, he's coming tonight, honey. They may never trust their parents again. They may think of their parents as the most evil, rotten, lying sacks of shit they ever knew. Do you imagine what that might do to a child's just trust in people going forward? Because they saw their parents in a context talking about something completely different, exposing a lie in a way that offended them deeply. When it was just a couple adults having fun, being making fun of the, the lie that is Santa Claus, but then you know, entertaining their children with the fantasy because it's beautiful and joyful for children to believe. And they get over it when you break it to them. They get over it. And it's, you know, it's good. It's a good lesson about life. Some of the beautiful things we believe in aren't necessarily true. And we're going to be disillusioned to some degree. But overall, we get, we get to, we get to have these moments of joy when we believe them, you know. It's not lying. It's a, a degree of sharing honesty at a level that works, with children, and then it doesn't work as they get older. But if you just think that you could just take a private conversation and spread it around because, hey, they shared it, they should expect it, then you're just going to ruin the fantasy for children forever and ruin their lives. And then those parents, those poor parents, they're never going to even feel that they can laugh and talk about truths, adult truths, without exposing them to their children. Good luck having sex anymore. If everything you do should be expected that it's going to be shared, then, my God, you can't have sex under a roof where children live because you might as well be fucking in the middle of the living room floor with the children watching, I guess. I mean, is there no privacy anymore? Well, if you post something online, you can't expect privacy in it. Really? Maybe you can't expect privacy in terms of something you do with your bedroom door shut, but shouldn't you expect to have some control over the audience? Shouldn't your expectations as to how much you really even get seen or heard hold true? And when they don't, shouldn't that be considered? Shouldn't the context within which people expose truths and say things be considered at all times? And it's going to happen to you. Do you really want to shame someone for expressing something honest that might be different, might be slightly controversial? Do you really want to silence that kind of thought? Because what happens the next time you have a controversial, different, unique thought? Are you going to be afraid to say it? You should be because you just spent two days disgracing someone for having one of those thoughts and sharing it. Now, now it's your turn. Do we really want a culture where people are afraid to share what they think? Because everyone's going to shame them and degrade them and ruin, ruin their sense of trust and being able to just speak. And I don't think that if we, if we tell everyone, if you post it online and everyone's going to see it, I don't think that's going to be good for the truth. It's just not. And people should be allowed to craft and create truths based upon who they're wanting to reach, who they're expecting to reach. For example... And I'll end on this. Standards and practices, uh, FCC, Federal Communications Commission, they have certain words that can be said, swear words, off words, that can be used at different times of the day on the radio and on television and other times they can't. Same rules, they change with respect to commercial television, network television, that is broadcast television, versus cable television. 
That's why in the early days of cable, you could have these movie channels that had unedited movies on them. Whereas if something was broadcast as a movie at night on ABC or NBC, it had to be edited for television. And the swearing taken out and sex scenes taken out because there were regulations as to what could be broadcast on broadcast television. And same with radio. There are restrictions on what can be said during primetime hours versus what can be said after midnight or so on. We vary the level of truth that we allow to be shared in media based upon rules we've created as to what time of day it is and what agency or, or, or method of sharing you're using. What agent, what telecommunications agent you're using to convey the information actually affects how much truth you get to share and during which hours. So what I'm saying is not a crazy, ridiculous concept. The idea that people should be allowed to make assessments as to their own sharing of truth and who they're sharing it to, and it shouldn't be all or nothing. It should be a third of the way up the arm, halfway up the arm, three-quarters of the arm, the whole arm, only they're up to their knuckles, whatever they decide and whatever version of truth they feel is warranted. Because we want the truth. We want people to share their real thoughts. We want original thought. And if we just keep shaming people and disgracing them for being different and exposing themselves, and if we try to uh, make everyone feel foolish for expressing themselves, in the end, all we're going to do is destroy truth in our culture. I believe that. And I love you. Yabba da boop